happy day You can make the most of it Swing along, chase your troubles with a song And you'll have yourself a happy day Well, hi everybody, welcome to the Ira Cook Show I have a great song by Miss Vicki Carr With which to open the program today And a little later, you are going to meet A very, very famous writer of books and motion pictures Mr. Louis L'Amour but right now, Vicky sings Miss America. There's a modern song by Vicki, Vicki Carr, Ms. America, and we're preparing for a beautiful ballad by Sergio Mendez. I just want to say that credit can be a powerful force in your life. If you use it intelligently and with restraint, it can help you get the things you want. Now, almost everybody uses credit at one time or another. Those who use it wisely enjoy many of the pleasures of life that they couldn't afford before. But I have a word of warning. Before you sign any contract for something you've bought on credit, Take that contract to your legal assistance officer. He can tell you whether or not the contract gives you an even break. Or if you're going to end up paying triple what you should, you better talk to him today. 
This is a beautiful song that Sergio Mendes wrote himself, along with the Bergmans, Alan and Marilyn, who've written so many great songs with Michelle Legrand. This tune titled, So Many Stars.
particular number, so pretty. You don't hear it a lot, but it deserves play, called So Many Stars, sung for you by uh, possibly Lanny Hall, who now is on her own, but was lead vocalist with Sergio Mendez for quite a period of time. Sergio wrote that with uh, Alan and Marilyn Bergman, as I mentioned. I'm going to play a song very soon from a motion picture called The Man from El Paso. At least that's the title that uh, the picture will bear in uh, Munich, Germany. And in other places in the world, it'll be called The Man Called Noon. Now, this is a remarkable picture. If you were listening to my program, you heard uh, an interview with one of the stars, Stephen Boyd. Marvelous guy. Just a, a really great actor and man. And then Richard Crenna also co-stars in the film, and Farley Granger, and, and it's a very, very interesting picture with the uh, Western flavor. It's a Western, but what we call a classic Western. So well done. And, of course, you don't have pictures like that unless you have good writers. And I'd like to introduce the writer of this picture and the writer of many great pictures, Mr. Louis L'Amour. Welcome to the program. Glad to be here. Just to mention a few of the motion pictures you have done, uh, I, let me say, I'll mention a few of the books that turn out to be pictures. Uh, checking here, Stranger on Horseback, that starred Joel McRae. The Burning Hills, starring Tab Hunter and Natalie Wood. A Tall Stranger with Joel McRae. Guns of the Timberland with Alan Ladd. Heller in Pink Tights. Sophia Loren and Tony Quinn. How the West Was Won. Now that was a classic. That was really something. And uh, one called Shalako. 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 Sorry. Uh, Sean Connery and Bridget Bardot. No. Bridget. <coughs> She's quite a girl. Oh, that's what I hear from Stephen Boyd. <laughs> At any rate, these are just a few of the books that were made into pictures. You have written how many books in your career? I've published 57 so far. 57. In other words, if you go to the library, you'd, uh, the average library, you'd find 57 of your That's books. right. Now, how long does it take you to write a book? Well, I'm always asked that, you know, but it's, uh, it's difficult to say because I write three of them a year. Mm -hmm. But that you can't judge by that because I've been gathering material for years. I see. I was In just thinking background. to myself, you know, uh, a lot of people, they spend uh, half a year, a year. You'd, you'd have to spend almost 57 years <laughs> writing these books if it took you a year. Well, I think that a lot of writers baby themselves a little bit. Maybe I'm wrong about that, but I think they do, and I like to write, and so I stay with it. I get up in the morning and go right to work first thing in the morning and work on through it, like put in at least five hours. I was just going to ask you, you put in about, what, five hours a day? Yes. Including Saturdays and Sundays? Yes, sometimes I work as much as 14. Oh, my goodness. Now, where do you work? Do you have a special den? or? Yes, I have a den, and I work at home. And, and it must <coughs> it be extremely quiet wh while you're working? No. Is that right? I can work anywhere almost. Great power of concentration. Well, I don't know if it's that or not. I just, I just have a good typewriter. Somebody told me that it, if, if you were sitting in the, in the middle of a, of a very busy street, you could actually write. You had that much concentration. Well, I could. Isn't that marvelous? I have, I have two children, and you know how that is. Oh, you know, I sure <laughs> do. <coughs> they're moving around all the time, and it doesn't bother me. Oh, how nice. How nice for your wife. Because uh, nothing was worse than a husband who's a complainer when he's, <laughs> when he's going about his work, whatever it may be. Uh, I must tell our listeners that uh, Louis L'Amour has been everywhere and done everything. According to his biography, he's been a tugboat deckhand, a longshoreman, an able-bodied seaman, a lumberjack, a gold prospector, a circus roustabout. In fact, uh, when you were in the circus, they say you were promoted to assistant <laughs> elephant handler. Is that true? Everybody kids me about that. But is it well, true? Well, yes, it is. I went to work in the circus just, you know, like as a laborer, you know, just picking mm -hmm. things up and hand working around. And uh, But I was very interested in elephants. Always mm -hmm. had been. So every time I got some few minutes, I'd be over talking to the elephant man, you know. Oh. And he said, well, look, I need some help. I just work here with me. So he got me shifted. Isn't that something? And uh, so I worked with elephants there for a while. In service uh, during World War II, he was uh, an officer in the tank destroyers, and that wasn't a lot of laughs. 
I, I believe you were in nearly every major action in Europe. Well, after the after the Normandy invasion, I was. Mm -hmm. Did you did you ever write a book about World War Number Two? No, you haven't. No, I've thought about it, but I haven't. I imagine you've thought about a, a lot of ideas for writing books, but the, you just uh, have well, to I wait till the right <coughs> one comes along. Yes, I, I kind of concentrate on the West because I I've grown up with this whole Western background. You know, mm -hmm. I had it around me from the time I was a child, and although I thought said several times about doing other things, I kept coming back to the West and finally. I made a career out of it. You're really an authority on the West, uh, and and people have uh, have compared your writings to that of Zane Grey. Yes, I think I've sold was a few more books than he has now. <laughs> I'm sure. Was he an <coughs> idol of yours by any chance? No, no, he wasn't. He wasn't. Oh. I can't say that any um, any writer was. Mm -hmm. The closest any of them came to being an idol was Robert Louis Stevenson. Oh. I admired him very adventure much. adventure stories. And Jack London, to some extent. Mm -hmm. But there were several other writers that aren't usually considered connect to that sort of thing, like Maxim Gorky and Dostoevsky, I also like very much. Mm -hmm. uh, glancing at you across <coughs> the microphone, you don't look like a writer. I don't know what a writer should look <laughs> like, but uh, the general opinion would be somebody who is uh, less rugged than you are. You look like you're the outdoors type, and according to your uh, biography, you've, you've been outdoors, on the sea and in the west and in the saddle and, and around circuses and... Uh, uh, panning for gold, you've really lived the, it all. One of the great things about my writing is, you know, that it gives me an excuse to be out in the West all I want to. I can climb mountains or hike the desert trails, do as much as I want, and yeah, get that's paid nice. for it. Isn't that wonderful? It's great. Yeah. And on top of that, we were discussing uh, uh, the time that uh, Louis L'Amour spent uh, with the Indians in the western part of our country. Uh, you know, some of the areas are you are not permitted uh, to go into these areas. They're almost sacred areas, aren't they? Yes, they are. I've I've uh, hiked in a lot of that country, though, and oftentimes with Indians. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of Indians from various tribes, you know, and we've walked the trails together, and they've pointed out things to me and showed me things I probably never would have seen otherwise. That's what I want to point out, is the, 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 I, the fact that you are able to write like that has given you privileges that uh, the average person doesn't have, and it must be a thrill to, to be able to uh, enter this uh, bit of history. Uh, I was taught to track with the Indians. Huh. I had several Indians who were friends of mine when I was a a boy, a teenager, oh, mm -hmm. and they took me out and taught me how to track. Yeah. Isn't that marvelous? Yeah. We're going to discuss particularly one of uh, Louis L'Amour's latest works, and that would be the motion picture I, I discussed called The Man from El Paso. But let me play for you now some of the soundtrack music, the beautiful romantic theme from the picture. <laughs>
romantic theme from the picture, the man from El Paso. This is a picture that was produced by uh, Ewan Lloyd and uh, stars, as I told you, Stephen Boyd, Richard Crennett, and Farley Granger. The reason we're devoting a good deal of time to the discussion of the picture is because from the information I've gathered, this is one of the very few really classic westerns available for uh, people who enjoy the western to see. In other words, you go to see the picture and when it's over, you feel thoroughly satisfied. You've really enjoyed your adventure with the stars. Louis L'Amour, uh, America's undisputed bestseller of Western novels, our in-person guest, and uh, they tell me his sales have exceeded five million copies annually. That makes it comfortable for you and your yes, family, it does. doesn't it? Yeah, it's very nice. Uh, Louis, I w I'd like to uh, ask about the inspiration for the book. Uh, now, I, I guess your book originally is called The Man Called Noon. Yes, it is. And what was was there an inspiration? What's the story behind <coughs> the, the? Not exactly. I knew a man. Uh, I knew a man up in Colorado, who has been dead now for several years. I shouldn't say several. He's been dead about fifteen years. That um, had lived a good deal of this kind of a life. He wasn't a man whose name ever became famous because he didn't want it to be so. Mm -hmm. uh, as a matter of fact, he had been an Eastern businessman for a while, but uh, was a marvelous rifle shot. Mm -hmm. And he came west and was later involved in the quite a few shootings of one kind or another. And uh, the story intrigued me a great deal, and so I began digging up more information and more background on it, and then added some touches of my own, and I see. the other man called Noon. When you said he was involved in some shootings, you mean shooting at other people? Yes, he oh. hired himself out for a while. He, he was, um, just as in my story, his wife was murdered by some thieves, oh. and uh, it hit him pretty hard. And perhaps touched him mentally a little bit, I'm not sure. But after that, he hired himself out to anybody who as a gunslinger, <coughs> is that what they call it? Well, yes, he was. It wasn't really that, but mm -hmm. but any um, if there was any lawlessness in the area, the law w wouldn't touch. Oh, he I would see. go after the man. Oh, I see, almost a vigilante. Yes, a one-man vigilante group. <laughs> now, in talking to Steve Boyd, I, I learned that um, the lead character uh, has amnesia. Yes. And this man did. This man actually have amnesia. No, he didn't. But that was where you fabricated yes. a little. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, with that sort of a, of a basis for a picture, uh, you, pr you wrote the book, and then I understand you have a contract with uh, you and Lloyd to do seven pictures yes, for a period of time. that's right. This being the third? Mm -hmm. So, you have a, your work cut out for you, don't you? That's right. Uh, once you completed your book, and it was accepted by you and Lloyd, uh, did you do the screen treatment too or not? No, I didn't. That's somebody else's job. Yes, I very rarely do the screen treatments. I, I like, prefer to do the original creative writing and go on to another book. Mm -hmm. The other pictures that were filmed by Mr. Lloyd were, um, what were they? Shalico, Catlow, and now this one. I see. Uh, when you first saw Shalico, uh, how did you feel? Were you pleased? Oh, yes, I was very pleased. And because um, I think Sean Connery actually is the makings of a great Western star if he wanted to do it. You oh. know? Mm -hmm. He was very good in the picture, and uh, um, with a little few more pictures of that type under his belt, he could have really had a following. Oh, I wonder why he didn't continue. <coughs> well, he likes to do other things. He likes to do a variety of things. He's quite an actor, you know, as Stephen is. And oh, yes. And they like to have challenges, you know. They like to sure. do different sort of work. Let me ask you about Catlow. Who starred in that? That was um, Yul Brenner and Richard Crenna. Oh, uh-huh. Now, when you saw that picture, were you happy? Yes, very. Have you seen this picture, the, the uh, man from El Paso? Yes. And you're pleased? I like it very much. There. Now, that's good, because I have talked to writers, that is, people who wrote books, and then once their book was given a screen treatment and put on the screen, they shuddered. They actually shuddered. They said, gee, that isn't anywhere's, uh, that isn't anywhere's like what I had in mind. I have several like that, too. I won't mention them. All right. <laughs> like that. 
Well, I've heard only the best about the picture of the man from El Paso. I can't tell you how anxious I am to see it. In fact, I'd love to be in Munich to see it, because uh, I understand Munich is a gorgeous place. Have you been there? Yes, I have. It's been quite a while ago. I want to go back again. I may go over there this time. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's going to be a, it's a grand place to open a show. Yeah, I imagine. Now, we're going to play another selection from the soundtrack, and this is, I guess, what they call the finale, and it's uh, titled in the album Fire and Guns. This is Excitement. Fire and Guns selection, the finale for the motion picture, the brilliant picture, The Man from El Paso. Before we return to our in-person guest, the man who wrote the book upon which the picture is based, Louis Lemur, I just want to mention this. You've heard all about the benefits to which you're entitled under Social Security. But did you know that at age 65, or 62 at the reduced rate, a military retiree who is qualified for Social Security benefits may receive that payment in addition to his military retired pay. For Social Security annuities, military retirement pay is not considered as earnings. A military retiree may earn $1,680 annually in addition to his military retired pay with no reduction in the Social Security benefits. All right, the business is out of the way, and we return once again to our in-person guest. And uh, I, I asked... Uh, Louis Lamour just a, a moment ago what he was working on at the present time and 
He always has an interesting project. You're working on a story about a very important character in Canadian history. I That's understand. right. Louis Riel. Louis Riel. Yes. And uh, this book, I have heard that you're preparing now, has already been sold uh, as, a, as a motion picture. That's right. That's nice to yes, work like that. Nice. You know where <laughs> what's going to happen in the future. Well, I just hope I get as good a crowd as I had in this picture to make it. You mean uh, as far as the actors are concerned? Yeah, Stephen and, and Richard Grennan did a great job. Let me ask you, when you see uh, people like Stephen Boyd and Richard Grennan and Farley Granger enacting roles of characters that you yourself created, uh, does it give you a funny feeling of any kind? Oh, yes. It's a marvelous feeling, really, to see these people come alive. That's it. Because um, a good actor, and these two men, Crennan and Boyd, are really superb, both of them. You know them well. Oh, yes. And uh, they really uh, bring a lot to a role, mm -hmm. you see. They see all that you put in there, and they bring a lot to it. And when they interpret that role, the man really comes alive on the screen. Mm -hmm. And you really see them. It must be a thrilling experience. I've had very minor experiences in in the elation of hearing something that I created come to life. For example, uh, I wrote a couple songs. Lawrence Welk recorded one of them, and uh, Connie Francis and a few others. Anyway, at any rate, in a small way, I know the thrill of hearing something you've done come to life. To see it like that must be just a, a fantastic it's a, experience. It was a marvelous experience for me in the early in the picture. Uh, Richard Crenna has a big fight in the bunkhouse. Uh, a fight, incidentally, that has helped a great deal, but the fact that Boyd's reactions to the fight are very good. Mm -hmm. But this was a fight I actually had myself at one time. Oh, so you and, really uh, saw <laughs> I wrote it like just what I'd, oh. the way I'd lived it, you know. Mm -hmm. And they have brought that to the screen just perfectly. Isn't that something? Beautifully. I wish we had more time to chat. Sometime in the future, I hope you'll join me, Mr. Lamour, because it's been fascinating, but our theme song in the background says, Time to Say Goodbye. Everybody listening, be sure to see The Man from El Paso, written by our guest, Louis Lamour. Have a happy day. Thank you, Mr. Lamore, very Thank much. Thank you. Goodbye, everybody. This is the American Forces Radio and Television Service.